You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with Banker Bill. Ryan, you should get off the internet. And your guy, Bully Rye. I think it's a brilliant idea. So look at that face. Look at that face. Look at that face. Welcome, everybody, to another live football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye. And alongside me to do the football shows, as always, my good friend Banker Bill on this special holiday approaching edition of the show. Bill, what's up, bud? Holiday approaching edition. I like that. Like, that's different. I thought we would just call it the holiday edition, but we're approaching the holidays. Yeah. You're being really specific. I dig it. It's not like it's not like we're like at Christmas yet. You know, we're like there. We got, we're there. We were, we're about the- a week away, but Christmas will come no, and go. Like a half a week away. I mean, two days. It's it's five days. By the days time away. this airs, it'll be the twenty first for four days. Anyway. All right. Well, it's I mean, it's airing live. It yeah, on, yeah, true, true. On Facebook.com slash tapouts and touchdowns true. over there on YouTube and on Twitter slash X at tapouts and TDs. Uh so and it will be airing either either way. Let's call it our holiday, holiday approaching edition because Christmas will come and go. Um, before we get to meet again, uh, but we've still got some football talk uh, to get to. Uh, again, make sure if you are watching live with us on this holiday edition show, uh, that you join the conversation, leave a comment, and we will re- read it live on the air uh, here. Once again, tap outs and touchdowns football episode leading up to your, your Christmas holiday. Uh, so let's get to it. We saw college bowl season kick off over the weekend with some eh, games. Kind of what we expected to see. Uh, a big slate of games coming this week and this weekend, including games like the uh, the the Duke's Mayo Bowl, uh, the, the, the Birmingham Bowl, two games of which the South Carolina Gamecocks have been to. I've personally been to both, and I prefer Duke's Mayo over Birmingham because it was bitterly cold in Birmingham, Alabama. Bill, are there any games in particular you're looking forward to this week? In in college fo- college football bowl season week two, I've got two. I've got okay. two that, before we air again, which would be next week, right? Uh, I have two games on Saturday. So the two that I'm looking forward to the most is the Armed Forces Bowl, which is James Madison, who was originally told they weren't going to be able to go bowling. Yeah, the finally somebody somebody got their mind right, said, yeah, 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 you had too good of a season. Yeah, you can go bowling. They are going to play against Air Force, and if you remember. These are two of the last undefeated teams in college football. They both ended up ranked. Air Force took a lot of it, got it a lot of injuries. They ended up falling out. They actually lost their last four straight games. But when they're good, they're good, right? Uh, James Madison, obviously, they were undefeated for a long time. Um, I don't. I didn't even look to see what their current record is, Ryan. But I know they're eleven and one. They yeah, lost they to take App State. Loss. App State. I remember that was the App second State. last week of the season. Yep. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun bowl. That's going to be Saturday at three thirty. And then the other one I'm looking for. You know how I feel about late night football. I love the fact that I can be up till one thirty in the morning and there's still live football on. And that's happening with one of our sort of local teams. Coastal Carolina is playing San Jose State in the Hawaii Bowl. That's probably the best bowl for if you're not going to. A New Year's Six Bowl, who wouldn't want to go to the Hawaii Bowl, right? I mean, that's freaking awesome. Uh, both teams are 7-5. and five, Both finished the season strong with San Jose State winning their last six games. Uh, Coastal Carolina didn't figure it out early in the season, started to get a little bit better towards the end. It had a run of five wins. They lost their last two, 
Um, unfortunately for them, Grayson McCall, their normal quarterbacks, opted out of this bowl game as he's gone into the transfer portal. But their other backups have played pretty well during the season. So I'm looking forward to that one. That one will be on until about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday night. Um, I'm with you. Listen, you talk about people opting out of bowl games. Caleb Williams will not be playing in, in the Holiday Bowl. Of course not. Number 15 Louisville takes on Southern Cal. You get Texas A&M with a new coaching staff not quite taking over yet. Taking on number 20 Oklahoma State, an old Big 12. I don't know if you call it a rivalry game, but a Big 12, uh, a former Big 12 matchup getting to go in a bowl game. Those games take place uh, next Wednesday. And I mentioned the, the Dukes Mayo Bowl, North Carolina, West Virginia, just because I want to see I, I want to see if North Carolina can win a Dukes Mayo Bowl since they're not playing South Carolina in the game. Because uh, we know how it happened, how it last time. Yeah, but I mean, listen, you got some some decent teams. Utah plays Northwestern in the Las Vegas Bowl. No care. Um, Utah. Well, I I did because I had Utah. Uh, Utah was they were good at pick. one point. Yeah, yeah. They, they finished the season eight and four uh, in the Pac-12. I, I preseason had them pick to win the Pac-12. I don't think Cam Rising ever saw the field this year. He did not. I do not. believe he's coming back next year, if I'm not mistaken. Um. So you get Duke. Again, Duke lost their head football coach to Texas A&M. They're taking on Troy in the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, and another ACC team gets to go, gets to get in the action on Friday night. Georgia taking on, taking on UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl. So listen, a bunch of glorified exhibitions, but some decent teams with some, some questionable futures headed into the weekend. And something that I didn't put on here, to early signing period was today. I know. I was thinking about that as we're sitting here. Uh, Bill, anything, anything stand out? You know, I know South Carolina lost a uh, commitment to Maryland at the last minute, but I know that commitment lost his father and decided to switch his commitment to go to Maryland to be closer to his mom. Um, we also lost an offensive lineman in the transfer portal today while we had a huge class with some five-star guys, a couple of four-star guys, 17th Any, overall, anything in particular stand out to you in early, in the early signing period from what you've gotten to see? I'll never, I'll never understand college kids or high school kids. I don't, I don't get it. There was a, a player that the Gators had. He was actually a, a four-star defensive back that was one of the Gators prize recruits and had recruit. He had been, uh, I think since August, he had been committed to the Gators. He flipped today and went to Texas uh, and went and joined four other four-star defensive backs. I will not, I just don't understand that. I don't know. He's the supposedly the best of the, of the five. But I don't understand where you're going to be like the prized recruit for a pretty big school. Now, he's from Texas. That part of it is maybe he wanted to stay home and stay close to the family. But he had committed to the, the Gators, and he had been committed there for four months. I'd love to know his reasoning, what what it was. And if maybe it was just, I want to stay closer to home. But uh, why commit to the Gators for four months if you really wanted to go to Texas? Texas flips him at the last minute. I just don't understand some of that thinking. Um, but... Uh, of, of course, I took it a little bit personally, but uh, Gators come home. It looks like with the 13th best early commit class, there's still some work to do, as their coach says. Uh, and you guys did pretty well. 17th is not bad for South Carolina. So uh, a couple of, like you said, a couple of five stars. You did see you got a five-star defensive line. So, yeah, you if you're paying attention, if you're paying attention, the rich get richer. The top classes belong to, of course, Georgia, number one, Ugh. Alabama, and Oregon. Ugh. It is what it is. Um, yeah. Real quick, if you're in, if you're here watching with us live, uh, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or otherwise, make sure you leave a comment below and join the conversation as we've got some comments rolling in. Uh, Dylan Bates saying that you're going down in fantasy football playoffs this yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. So bring it on, we'll, Dylan. <laughs> we'll get to talk about it later on in the show. Uh, Volley Polly wants to know why I didn't color the beard. 
because um, it's a waste of a $4 can of white spray paint. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Just give Pedro, some time. It'll eventually go white. Yeah, it'll eventually go white. I yeah. got about 20 years for that. Uh, Pedro wants to know what exactly goes in for recruits to flip to the other schools. Um, I also don't know what does that as far as um, flipping. I mean, it's just a matter of you haven't signed your letter of intent. And that's what it drives me nuts when people want to boast about recruiting the entire offseason in college football. Wait until they sign the dotted line because they're not recruited. They're not signed until they're signed. And so that's basically it. A verbal means absolutely nothing in college football anymore. You need to sign on the dotted line. And now yeah. a few years ago when they created this new early signing period, this is the new signing day. This allows your kids to get onto campus in January to get those spring practices in so that they're already ready come fall, come fall practice to acclimate to the, the rest of the roster. Uh, Bill, do you have anything else you want to add to that? I think there's a little bit more that goes on. Like you said, it is early. It is really the signing day now, but it's not the last you know opportunity for these guys to sign. So there are still some recruits out there. However, I think a lot of the uh, NIL stuff is is in play now. Uh, a lot of promises are being made, and we'll see what happens. I think that's why you see some of these guys all of a sudden decommit uh, later in the process because you know even if you do sign the letter, I think that you still have an opportunity to unsigned i don't i don't know if that's the case i i didn't think it used to be but i think it is now um so it's it's just a it's a it's a terrible process the ncaa has really messed this up it is not yeah. good it's not good i was on a local radio show here last week the rob brown show I'm, I'm gonna boast about that show as much as i can because it's the one sports radio show i listen to and he posed the question and invited guests on the show to Answer the question, what is ruining college football as long as you could, you know, outline it and, and and define it. And we talked about it on the show, and so that's exactly what I did. NIL and the transfer portal without uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Without uh, uh, restrictions. Well, no. Without – you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, I can't think of the word. I almost said relegation, but uh, no. that makes no sense. Without uh, – Wow, what's the word we're looking yeah, for? Words we're, are hard. Somebody, is terrible. somebody in the comments is going to hit some of the words. Without regulation. Regu yeah. There I got a close. Regulation. It was super close. I was doing some, you know, transposition. Yeah, I can do transposition. How about that? Tim Costello in the chat. And commitment is not as nostalgic as it was. It's not, especially with the transfer portal. I mean, the reality is if you get these guys for one year, a good example of this is the Gators signed a, well, the – he was the player of the year for one of the like rivals.com. It's one of the other ones, though. He was the player of the year in, in high school football. He was he led his team to a 12 and 1 record. He had unbelievable stats in five stars. His name is DJ Lagway. He's gonna go to the University of Florida. And I'm not sure he's gonna start next year. And if that pisses him off, he's just gonna go transfer somewhere. So right. how are you supposed to feel great about it? I don't understand it. I feel like the I feel like the players have a lot more leverage than they probably deserve at this point. And they could force the hand of coaches. I, it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible. We've yeah. really created a really terrible system. And I really do feel like it's getting to that point where I think we're going to start losing uh, losing viewership, losing interest in, in college sports because of what the NCAA has really screwed up. Uh, well, I'm, I'm right there with you. Michael Davis in the chat also agrees with Polly that he wants a snow white beard for me. Uh, do they still do the hat thing, Tim? Yes, some of them do. Uh, but at this point, you know, what does it matter if they're going to flip their commitment in three weeks anyway? There are some high school kids that still do the hat thing. The big the big prospects will go on the local news and they'll show up on ESPN. But it's here. It's it's few Instagram. and far between. 
yeah, Instagram. That, they do on stuff. Instagram. Yeah, the, the CBS Sportsline actually uh, they publish a list of players that are going to be on Instagram doing their choice, so you can actually go on Instagram and find them. It's it's crazy. You know who ruined it? You know who ruined this this whole commitment thing? LeBron James. When he decided he was going to go to take his talents to South Beach, and he did yes. this stupid, so much fun, the stupid TV special for the it. choice. It got every single athlete in the world wanting to be LeBron James. Yeah, and so they're like, "Let's go on and find a way to go on TV and make this a big deal." I agree. Uh, let's transition transition from college football to the NFL because we do have some NFL stuff to get to. Um, listen, I don't know how to how to approach this conversation. This 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 situation. The Chargers lose Justin Herbert for the year. The Raiders, who have already fired their head coach, and I believe they fired their GM, if I'm not mistaken. They they benched Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and, and the Raiders are a dumpster fire. On Thursday Night Football last week, after scoring zero points in their game the week prior against the Minnesota Vikings, the Raiders dropped 63 on the Los Angeles Chargers in a 63 to 21 win. I said it during the game that Brandon Staley should have gotten fired at halftime and he might as well had because the next day everybody on the East Coast woke up waiting to hear the news and it didn't break until about 10:30 Eastern, which is about 7:30 West, you know, West Coast time, that not only Brandon Staley but GM Tom Telesco have been relieved of their duties by ownership in Los Angeles. The ownership of Los Angeles says that they are ultimately the ones uh, with the responsibility. Thoughts on the Chargers? We've both been talking about this for weeks, that Brandon Staley wouldn't last to the end of the season. What's next for the LA Chargers? They're going to have to go hire some people. <laughs> I'm putting in my application. You can't do worse. Uh, that roster makes zero sense. They talked about the talent on that roster a couple of years ago, and now you're looking at it with, you know, you've got players, you've got a Bosa, you've got Khalil Mack on that team. You, you know, they've tried to fix the secondary. They, they had JC Jackson on the team. They traded him away mid season. They, they was having a terrible season. It makes no sense. Who, who's the guy in the back end? Uh, Derwin James. They're, he's a great safety. I mean, they've got talent all over that roster. The, the weapons they have on offense are absolute insanity. I mean, you've got, Oh yeah. Uh, but, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Yeah, but part of the problem is they take injuries on that team. They've taken so many injuries on that team to blame it on Staley is tough, but at the same time, he's a defensive coach that looked awful. I think they have the, the worst passing defense in the NFL, if not close to it. And they just never showed up all season. They just, they were, they were never, they never really stopped anybody. And Justin Herbert can't do it all by himself. I also, and you know, I beat the drum all day long. Justin Herbert's not the quarterback. We think he is. He puts up amazing stats, but they lose. No matter yep. what they've been doing, they've been. I mean, this is two two coaches now we've dealt with with Justin Herbert, and he's lost. Both of them have been fired. So at some point, you got to start blaming somebody else. But we'll see what happens, man. They got they got a little uh, a few openings down there in uh, Los Angeles. A couple more comments in the chat, uh, Tyler Roberts. When you all decided to wear ugly Christmas sweaters, Bill took the gold medal. That's right. Um, I'm bringing I mean, just, I'm bringing it to work tomorrow. It's just because you can't see Michael Scott's. No, face no, tomorrow. this is even better. Look, look, what it looks like I'm playing with myself. Uh, my, there we go. Look at that. I got the yeah. logos on it. Everything. We got multiple. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the best. Um, let's see. We got Tim Costello rooting for Jimmy G. Let's I was to too. You both. I like okay, Jimmy. Wait, we're gonna talk Jimmy G a little bit later in the show. Uh, Matt Buck wants to know how about them Seahawks beating Philly Monday. We were Loved getting it. to that. Loved jumping, it. 
without Geno Smith, Tim. Was Remember, I had the hat so. prop for that. I had the hat, the, the prop for that. Yep. Yeah, it's um, it, it was good stuff. Let's go ahead. We've got some stuff, some more stuff to get out into out of NFL Week 15. Uh, let's start off with the Buffalo Bills blowing out the Dallas Cowboys. Our our next guest, Michael Davis, is is very happy to talk about this as a, is our our resident Cowboys fan. Um, Bill, we just asked the question last week after the Cowboys blew out the Philadelphia Eagles if the Cowboys were a true Super Bowl contender. Uh, I was the only person to take the Cowboys last week over the Bills after I went back and, and looked at our picks last week. Is Buffalo just getting better as the season goes along? Or did did they just expose the Cowboys for not being as good as everybody thought they were? Let's, can we stop with this? Uh, no, we're not no, stopping. No. I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Can no, we stop ahead. with this judging a team every single week, whether or not they're ready to win the Super Bowl? one week and now they're terrible the next week. Like, we're not allowed to have bad games or people aren't allowed to scheme against us. Then they, they stopped. We thought, you know, that they did this better than we thought they would. Like, does that not happen in the NFL? It's not allowed to happen in the NFL. The Bears every single week. The world we every thought they were. We have to, well, look at the Eagles right now. Are the Eagles terrible? They were, they were their last undefeated team and now they stink because now they're 10 and four. Like what? Not good. Well, I'm just, is, is that what happens? It's like, I mean, the Eagles are on a, a run of losses, but you go from, the Cowboys being world beaters and, oh, my gosh, they might pose a threat to San Francisco to they're terrible and Buffalo's the best team in the NFL. Like, people are putting the Buffalo Bills at, at, at uh, number two in the power rankings. Does anybody remember they went they went two and four in the middle of the season? Well, what, that now they're so great because all, they figured out how to replace the injured players that they lost for the season and they're beating teams? No, they're out scheming them. And Josh Allen, every once in a while, can play his butt off. And he is very scary as a quarterback when he's on. When he's off, they go two and four in six games. So I hate that we keep judging these teams week after week. Are there good teams in the NFL? Yes. The only team that looks really scary at this point is San Francisco. Yeah, I'm with you there. You know, in fairness, Josh Allen completed all of seven passes in that game against the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, he, James, they, they ran the ball. Yeah, James Cook but ran. He's also 20- very scary. He's a very scary quarterback. Well, I, you know, earlier in the season, you said he wasn't as good as people were making him out to be. No, um, and what I'm I, kind of what I said about Josh Allen is sometimes he likes to throw the ball to the other team. But when he's on, when he's on, he's very scary. If he's off, he's terrible. All right, a couple more comments here. Tim Costello, it's all rigged. They want them to have the same record for ratings. That's funny. Um, and then Pedro Guillen, 49ers lose three straight, looked exposed in frauds, and now they're the best team in the NFC, NFL be crazy in fairness the Niners were beat up for those three weeks yeah Debo get everybody back all three games I think and McCaffrey missed one of them yep so let's move on here the Panthers win their second game of the season beating the Falcons I'm not I'm not posing the question are the Panthers you know are the Panthers gonna gonna do anything but we were we had a three-headed race for the the NFC South it seems like the Falcons have sort of now fallen a game back to both the Saints and the Bucks. Uh, the, a question was posed in a group chat a, a week or so ago. Do you think the Falcons are going to be another one of those one of those organizations that are rebuilding their franchise come the end of the season? Like new coach, no. looking for a quarterback. Quarterback. They're not going to get one. They, they, unfortunately, they've won too many games. But Desmond Ritter's not good. I don't think they've ever thought he was good. Projections show them still getting a top 10 pick as of this week. Well... I mean, what do you get at a time? I mean, you can get Mahomes was what ninth overall. I mean, maybe you get lucky with something like that, but that's very difficult to find a, a, a quality quarterback. 
probably be better than Desmond Ritter, though. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know what are, what are you going to get in around ninth or tenth. Um, Drake May, and the, I mean that. Well, Drake May's going to probably be number two. Caleb number Williams, two overall. Yeah, Caleb Williams, Drake May. Oh, I guess yeah. The if, if whether well, I don't know because you got the the Bears are probably going to get the. When we'll talk about think, that in a second. I think you're looking at somebody like Michael Penix. Jim Ooh, Daniels, Jim Daniels just won the Heisman. I would take Michael Penix Jr. for the for the Atlanta. He's Falcons. probably better than Ritter. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I mean that that is probably what fixes that team. I mean, they lose a lot of really close games. They just lost this week to a team that doesn't score points. They they scored seven points. Desmond Ritter obviously not is not the answer in Atlanta. So if you if you swap somebody out into that quarterback spot, they're a whole lot better a whole lot better as a team and. I don't. I don't think you clean house because you're uh, seven and what are they? Six and seven, six, somewhere in there. Seven and seven. Seven and yeah, something like seven that. and seven. seven yeah, nine, I don't think you clean like house that. with that team. I think you just need to find a better quarterback. All right. Last up on this little this little portion of the show, uh, Matt Buck already came in and said Seahawks come from behind, beat the Eagles twenty to seventeen. I wish Andy was in here because what's it? It's fifteen straight games. Sixteen this, years. Sixteen years. Sixty. The Seahawks, or the, I'm sorry, the Eagles haven't won in Seattle, and this would be the 16th year. I know you just said, "Can we stop <laughs> doing this?" How good is Seattle? They're not. They're not. The Seattle's a fantastic place to play football. They're good at home, but I will say this: Drew Locke surprised all of us. I think you and I were watching the end yep. of the game. You were at home. I was at home. We're talking to each other. I think we're on PlayStation together. And we're like, unfortunately, they have Drew Locke at quarterback. And then Drew Locke threw dimes and, and absolutely threw a seed to uh, Smith and Jigba for the win. Can Seattle make playoffs? Yes. They can. It's there. But they have to win. Well, you also that good. You also mentioned when we were talking on PlayStation Network that they finally figured out Kenneth Walker is their best player. Yeah. And they started feeding him the ball. Feeding the man. Yeah. I mean, listen, Seattle only lost to San Francisco the week prior by 12 points. That's not a bad loss. I think Seattle is better than people get. I think the NFC West, with the exception of Arizona, even though Arizona did beat Dallas earlier this year, shout out Michael Davis. Um, the NFC West is not a bad division. I mean, the Rams are looking right now. Yeah, uh, the Rams could could very easily go in as the seventh seed and take on Detroit. Matt Stafford's return to Detroit could be in the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, a lot of fun teams in the well, NFC West. It's it's interesting, Ryan. You talk about the NFC West. Uh, the Seahawks are sitting as the AC right now. If they win this week, they jump up to a 64% chance of making the playoffs. How about that? Yeah. Pedro Guillen in the chat. Bradbury was complete trash. Yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough night. Um, we just <laughs> mentioned, uh, moving on here. We just mentioned the Panthers winning their second game. Uh, the but the New England Patriots lost again this weekend. They are three and eleven right now. If you had to, if you had to decide and, and forecast the rest of the season, who will come into twenty twenty four with the number one overall pick? The, the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Bears via the, the Chicago Panthers. Bears. You don't think the Panthers could win one or two more games no. and the Patriots could lose out? No, the Patriots play the Broncos in Denver. Loss. It's a loss. Yep. They play at the Bills. Ouch. Loss. And then they play at home against the Jets. Loss. No, come yes. on. Oh, that one, that's a toss-up. Okay, so that's three. So in your world, it's three losses. I say they'll go one and two. I think they beat the Jets. The Jets can't figure themselves out. They, You do remember they got blanked by Miami this weekend. Yeah. It was the same Miami team that lost to the Titans the week before. All right. that that leaves. So with you, that leaves their record at three and 14. 
And with me, I have them at four and 13. The Panthers last three games, they're at home versus the Packers. Loss. They go on the road to the Jaguars. Loss. Ah. Uh, Come on. Jaguars are eight and six. That's a loss. Uh, It's in Jacksonville. And then at home versus the Buccaneers who lead their division. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The the Bears get it. Chicago Bears. The Bears get it. All right, we've mentioned a lot of teams that are uh, that are that are on the outside looking in, fighting for playoff spots. So the question's asked: Who are the wild card teams in the NFC and AFC, and who do you have winning the number one seeds going into the playoffs? Impossible. I think impossible. it's impossible to go right now. It's impossible. It is so up in the air right now. It is incredible how many teams have a shot at the playoffs. I mean, you're looking at the the 49ers are the one seed. All right. I don't think anybody's going to beat them going down the stretch. In fact, they play the Ravens this week in Santa Clara. I can't wait to watch that game. That's going to be the best game of the week. Yeah. I think that's on uh, Christmas night Mm -hmm. is a Monday night game. Uh, I cannot wait to watch that game. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll find out a lot from that game because there are uh, a lot of people that are saying the Ravens, all of a sudden, the Ravens haven't played that hard of a schedule. Hmm. Nobody was looking at that when they were telling us how great Lamar was. Yeah, um, but they had a tough tough game this week. Uh, also, I think in the AFC, that's wide open. You've got Baltimore might take a loss this week, and then Miami plays Dallas. Uh, so that's yeah. going to be, and they're the two seed right now. Miami is the two seed. Uh, that's going to be a fantastic game. That's happening at four p.m. on Christmas Eve. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, but beyond that, man, oh my gosh! Uh, in the AFC, you have eleven teams that are still uh, still uh, able to make the playoffs. Uh, Pittsburgh being one of them, I don't think they get in. So uh, no. a lot of people think that the Broncos could still get in. They're the 11th seed right now. So that, uh, but they they dropped a three percent chance with the loss this weekend, so they have to win. And then still in the NFC, you've got 11 teams as well. The Packers, the 11th seed, they still have a shot at the playoffs. So I don't know how you pick this, man. It's it's crazy. They, like if these teams win, like if the Saints, uh, let's say the Packers, if the Packers win this week, they have a 25% chance of making the playoffs, but the Saints are sitting in the ninth seed, just two, two spots ahead of them. And if they win this week, they go to 70%. Like that's how crazy this, these playoffs get the, the scenarios get right now. I'm still going to call it here. Um, and I hate that we're doing podcast pickems in a minute. And I didn't, I, I don't know why I missed the San Francisco Baltimore game and picks. I'm 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 mad at myself for doing that. Well, wait. Looking, this is why you're skipping it because who's winning that game? Over San Francisco. Exactly. So I'm looking at the <laughs> AFC playoff picture. I still think Miami finishes as the one seed in the AFC. Wow! Wow! I'm I'm still picking Merry Miami. Merry Christmas to, to me. We'll find out. We'll yep. find out on Christmas Eve. The crazy thing is, is both Jacksonville and Indianapolis sit at eight and six. There's a chance the Colts win the AFC South. Yes. Uh, if the Texans get CJ Stroud back. The Texans could wind up squeezing their way in. I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say both the Browns and Bengals make the playoffs, that they're they're sitting at the one and two wildcard spots right now. The Browns could clinch this week. Yeah, the, the Browns sitting at nine and five. The Bengals sitting at eight and six. I think both of them make the playoffs. And then I think you're going to get two teams out of the AFC South. I, I, I You know, no, no, scratch that. I think the Buffalo Bills sneak their way in as the seventh seed. Oh, don't the way say that. Playing, I don't even want to hear it. The way they're playing, I think the Bills sneak in. So you get Browns, Bengals, and Bills out of the AFC. The NFC, obviously the Eagles are in. I think the Rams make it, and I think the Seahawks make it. I think you get three teams out of the NFC West in the NFC playoffs. Obviously, like you said, San Francisco's taking the one seed. Uh, I don't think 
there's anything Detroit can do to catch San Francisco. Uh, there's a chance that either Dallas or Philadelphia flip swap in the division. Rams and Seahawks. Yes, Rams and Seahawks. Rams have a 52 percent chance right now. Seahawks 51. I've got a feeling if if we're to if we're to listen to PJ Steven and believe that everything is rigged in the NFL, <laughs> then the Rams will be playing the Lions in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, in in Detroit. And Matt Stafford will get to go watch watch Detroit or play against Detroit. Oh, to to create those those yeah the storyline TV matchups, the excitement. I got you. Uh, Page Bills make it too. Maybe not far in the playoffs, but they get their foot in the door. I'm I'm right. Sixty percent chance right now for the Bills to make the playoffs. Well, sixty percent. Yeah, it's it's going to happen. So, all right, that's all the college and NFL talk that we're going to get to right now. We're going to take our first break. We come back the next week of podcast pick them. See how bad or how good we did in last week's picks and we'll be joined by my co-host of the cat cave michael davis to make picks this week so stay tuned we'll be right back right here on tap house and touchdowns this episode is brought to you by carolina business equipment with offices in charleston greenville columbia and florence carolina business equipment can supply your copiers computers and printers anywhere in the state of south carolina call my personal best friend aaron thompson at 843 843- 452-8761 for a quote today and make sure you tell them that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. And if you're watching the show live, you'll notice I had a, a, a wardrobe change because that Santa hat <laughs> was just too hot. I do not I do not keep it blistering cold in my house anymore. Uh, and awesome. uh, and I just couldn't do it. So welcome back to Tap House and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Billy Rye, with Banker Bill. We've got some picks to get to. Remember, if you're watching the show with us live, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, join the conversation, put something in the comments, and, and join the conversation with us. Podcast Pick'ems, we are week 17, if you can believe that. Just absolutely crazy how many weeks we've done in picks. And Bill continues to pull away from me in picks after I... As he should. After I finished, this is probably the most embarrassing picks that I've had all season. I went one and four. Last week, Bakerville went three and two, but our guest picker, a guy who doesn't watch football, also went one and four in picks. Shout out to PJ Steven for making me look like an absolute moron. Andy Hunter in the chat. We did a lot of talking about the Seahawks, man. I got him making the playoffs. You should have been here a second ago, but you can always yep. go rewatch it in Spotify or on Facebook, whatever you want to watch it later. All right, without further ado, this guy has his own couple of podcasts, Out of Pocket with Michael Davis, Drop the Mike Wrestling Podcast, where he talks wrestling as well. We've kind of flipped back and forth on each other's shows, and we also co-host the Cat Cave over on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network and the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel as part of the Keep as part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans for Sports Network. Let's bring in Michael Davis. Michael, what's up, bud? I oh, think Mike Michael's muted. on mute. Mike's muted. Oh, oh act, rookie is amateur hour around here. Act like you've been here before, Mike. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's Come see. On. It's it's we're live, right? We yeah. can't hey, edit that out. We're we're live, oh, pal. No. Oh, oh, we're, we're live. live. We're live. Doing okay. it live. So we're, a couple we're doing things. It live. <laughs> I, I I think I okay. So I'm glad you took the Santa hat off. Because I was like, this is my first tap outs and touchdowns appearance. And I was like, I'm going to wear a backwards hat for Ryan. But 
apparently it's bad luck because all of a sudden I start acting like Ryan all the time and yeah. start making Listen, mistakes. Mute you felt yourself. You, you you didn't unmute yourself. You fell flat like the Cowboys did against the Bills last week. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Man. I see that. Okay. Just like Flip Banker Bill like said. That. Just like Banker Bill said. Okay. You can't write them off after one game. By the way, sorry, Banker Bill, but the Cowboys usually come back better from losses. And I'm so aware. it's going to be a tough matchup. I'm so. aware. Well, we're both terrible we're against good teams, that. though. So that's good news. At least you don't have to worry about Zeke Elliott running the ball for, for Dallas as you have him in, in the, the jersey and, you know, behind you on the screen here. Yeah. Um, Michael, you've got some big shoes to fill, and by that I mean we've had two, three people not miss a game this season. Big Tex, Lapino, and Matt Buck, still the only guys to miss, not not get a game wrong. Matt Buck did tie one game. Our, our best, I think, percentage-wise is Aaron, Aaron Thompson, 11-4. and four. So let's see how you can stack up against all of our guests that we've had this week. And let's start making some picks. Thursday night football. The New Orleans Saints at the L.A. Rams. The Rams are a four-point favorite. The Saints are are scratching and clawing to, to continue to try to take that win of the NFC South. Michael, preseason, you had the Falcons being the team to beat in the NFC South, and I chose the Saints. So let's start with you. Do the Saints get another win this week and get one step closer to winning the NFC South, or do the Rams take it and get one step closer to playing the Lions in the playoffs? Well, first, I'm seeing the uh, pick'em standings on the bottom of the screen and seeing that guest pickers are 46, 37, and 1. And you asked me to be a guest picker because you needed to catch up. I got the text evidence right here with uh, Bully Rye. Um, but I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see if you can catch up. <laughs> um, I'm not going to be invited back. Way to go, okay. Santa. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Chill out, Papa uh, Christmas. All right, here you go, Mike. Um, but here's the thing. Thursday night football should not be a thing. I've said that since last year where Tua got hurt and shouldn't have been playing in that game. Um, but usually favors the home team. And the Rams have the better running game, have the better receiving core right now. They're healthy at the right time. Uh, I expect the Rams to win probably by six points in this game. The Saints will try to stay in it, but give me the Rams cover. All right, Bill, who you got? Rams hosting the Saints Thursday night football. I, I like what Mike said. I, I feel like Derek Carr can't remove his his head from his rear end often enough to uh, to to play good games. I he just he frustrates me. I thought they would be a pretty good team. This, I mean, I guess they are a pretty decent team, but man, does he frustrate me? And the Rams, I feel like they get hot at the right time. Man, they're starting to really play pretty decent football. I think Fuller's not a big enough spread. I think the Rams cover that. Did we lose Ryan? I think we lost Ryan. Or I he think we lost Ryan. I know. This is what happens. Ryan, this See, is what amateur hour, right? Amateur hour. Look, look at the face that he's making, too. It's fantastic. He, he's really it's frustrated. So and the problem right is now. he does it right now in the picks. Like, there's no way we can change the thing on the bottom of the screen or anything like that. And he's going to text me and be like, my computer froze. You want? You wait up. It'll be right Oh, there. he'll probably have to restart it. Yeah, yeah. But we'll still sit here. We'll hang out. We could move forward, actually, if you want to. We, yeah. We'll, let's, we'll, make let's... Ryan, we'll make Ryan make his own picks. I've got his. Hang on a second. I, I, I have him listed. To see which one he has, but we'll, we'll, as soon as we hear from him, uh, we'll find out what. Wait, here it is. He said, "Hold it down." So it's probably Hold exactly what. <laughs> so we'll move forward. 
All right, the second game he has on hour. the slate. I'll, I'll go first this time, Mike. Uh, okay. The next game he has on the slate, Saturday, 4.30, the Bengals at the Steelers. Bengals currently favored by two and a half points. And I think that's probably – I don't know if Mitch Trubisky is going to be playing in this game, if he's going to be the starter, if they're actually going to get Kenny Pickett back. I haven't seen anything about that, but I still don't feel that great about Pittsburgh. I think they have a much better chance of beating Cincinnati if they have Kenny Pickett in the lineup. But I still think Jake Browning, he's holding the town there, man. This guy from Washington – He's playing some decent football there for the, the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think they probably cover this one in Pittsburgh. What say you? He's playing with the chip on his shoulder right now. Yeah. And here's here's where I'm differing is because the Bengals are without Joe Burrow, but Brown's playing pretty well. The yeah. Steelers, I don't care if Keen Pickett's there. I don't care if Mitch Trubisky's there. But Mike Tomlin's probably coaching for his job right now. Wow. Who says things like, like that? When Bill Belichick's I mean, about to get fired? Yeah. Hey. Bill Belichick mutually parts ways. Um, <laughs> but what's, what's the line at? Two points? Yeah, two. Ryan has it listed at two and a half. Two and a half Bengals are favored. And see, like, ah, these AFC North games. division games are so hard to take. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't trust – the Steelers quarterback, whoever's there, I don't trust the Steelers receivers to show up and be in the right mindset. Gosh, give me Cincinnati, but it's probably going to be that field goal. All right, so you think Cincinnati wins by probably a field goal, right? I, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. There, a field goal sounds about right to me. Third game on the slate, Sunday, 1 p.m., the Lions, three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Vikings. This one's in Minnesota. Mike, take this one. What do you think is going to win between the Lions and the Vikings? Lions are really hot right now, but they're looking at that big division lead. I'm thinking how much did the Lions lead? I think they lead by three games over Minnesota right now in that division. And they can clinch this weekend, by the way. Yeah, but Minnesota's playing for their playoff hopes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Minnesota here. Simply put, I think Justin Jefferson's a little bit healthier than he was. Uh also, Minnesota's at home, and again, those divisional games are like 50-50. Like, it's, 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 tough. it's tough. Yeah, It's so tough. But will they rely more on Sam Laporta and St. Brown, or will they rely more on Montgomery and Gibbs? And if Minnesota can stop one of those, then I'll, I'll, I'll take Minnesota. I, I, I think the Vikings got this one. I think that one's, that one's tough, man. I, I think uh... – Wow, the Viking. Now, who I'm going to ask you? Who are the Vikings starting a quarterback? Same guy Josh played Dobbs. this week. Yeah, it's exactly. It's that tough, right? Same guy who played this week. It's not Josh Dobbs, I can't right? Think of his name. No, it's not going to be Josh Dobbs. He threw four interceptions. Was it Kate? No, it wasn't Case Keenum. It was. Um... No. You make me look it up. I'll look it up. Keep trying. Hold on. Somebody in the chat. Somebody in the chat. Somebody can throw it. A... Please throw it in the chat. Oh, I got it. Because I, watched I didn't that have to game. look it up. I didn't have to look it up. It's Nick Mullins. It finally popped into my head. Exactly. He did play pretty well, except for did you watch the brotherly shove at one point during that game? They, they had a chance to close it out, and he basically just dove onto the ground. Like, no, dude, yeah. you have to stand up and let the guys behind you shove you. He just went down. As I have Do no you think that play gets banned this offseason? I think it's very possible. 
I think they're going to, I think they're going to ban it at the line of scrimmage. I think down the field, you could still help your players, but I think within like a yard of the line of scrimmage, they're going to say no, but because Nick Mullins dove onto the ground and acted like he didn't know what he was doing in that situation, that makes me very nervous, even though he played a pretty decent game. I think the, the uh, lions are going to come out and try to prove something here. And I think they win this game. I think they cover Is Dobbs it. hurt. Dobbs is not hurt. He just threw four interceptions in a game and they realized he's as terrible as everybody else thought they were. Like I said last week, he should, he should forget the forget the playbook again because he played really well in the game. He didn't have didn't know the playbook. All right, next game on the slate Sunday at four oh five, Jaguars at Buccaneers. It's the battle of North and Central Florida. Buccaneers one point favorites there in Tampa. I will take the. I'll start. I guess I'll start off with this one. Jaguars looked horrific this week. Horrific against a good Baltimore team. But they were supposed to be – I mean, they were 8-5 and five going into that game. They were only two games back of Baltimore and probably should have put up a better fight. I have no idea what Trevor Lawrence was doing with football last week. He fumbled on his own without being touched. Tim Costello and I laughed about that quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> we got Ryan. I can't put I can't put up his comments, but if you see the comments, he's saying Rams, Bengals, Lions. Okay. So he's he's uh, got Bengals and Lions with us. We're going to the fourth game. In this one, uh, one-point favorite, uh, let's see, Bucks. I think I will take – wow. I think the Bucks on this one, man. I think they're hot. Baker Mayfield, a perfect passer rating, close. perfect passer rating last week in Lambeau Field. That was the first first visiting quarterback in the history of Lambeau Field to ever have a per- perfect passer rating. So I'll take the Bucks and and the uh, I guess they're one point, so one less point. I, th- I think they win that. What do you think? So so you're taking Tampa Bay, man. That Tampa hurts Bay. for Panther fans right now. Having Baker Mayfield last year and Baker might yeah. lead the Buccaneers to win the division. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he was never that bad. I don't think he was ever that bad, man. He was never an over oh, first oh, overall draft it. pick. But I, I hated Baker. Yeah, he's done. He's done some good stuff. I think if he hadn't had some injuries up there in Cleveland, he'd still be there. I think Baker's matured a little bit more than when he was like at Oklahoma in Cleveland. To where it's like, oh, I'm on my third team. I gotta start like actually acting like an adult because I, I group him into that like Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he acted like, like that in college, he was grabbing his junk and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Had the college fame, everything. That's why I didn't like Baker, but he he's he's proven people wrong right now in Tampa Bay, um, Jacksonville. I think reason Trevor Lawrence played so bad was wasn't he like just in concussion protocol? Oh look, amateur Christmas sweaters I back. I don't know if he was in concussion. Pro- he looked like he was. He had a concussion in that game. The way he played. I mean, there's there so many mistakes. I think they left about 16 points on the field between missed field goals and and Trevor Lawrence making mistakes. But I'm I'm going to take the Jags, and it's it's a road game, but it's like it's so close, Jacksonville and Tampa, mm-hmm. where it's like I think a lot of team, a lot of fans are going to come out and support the Jaguars. Sure. Give give me the Jaguars in that game. Okay, Ryan, we're we're back to you, man. Yeah, listen, um, Krampus wanted to take over this year for uh for this week for really for needs a new computer. If anybody wants uh, to donate a new computer to Ryan, he really needs one that doesn't work on a hamster wheel. Yes, please. Uh, Santa, I'm I'm asking Santa for a new a, a new computer. Uh, I like the Look audience to be, to be my Santa Claus. This is Ryan. This is just Ryan. Rough. I got I got I got. Okay, I got this as a gift a couple years ago, but I'm willing to give you this leapfrog that somebody got me a couple years ago. It's about your Santa. Listen, listen to this jerk. Listen, the 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 Jags are one of those hit or miss game, hit or miss teams every single week. You don't know which one's going to show up. 
they could they could surprise everybody and beat the Chiefs, and then they could turn around and lose to the Panthers the next week. Give me the Bucks to win this game. It's basically a pick 'em and a one point favorite for the Bucks. Wow. Uh, the Bucks, the Bucks, and the, and the Saints are, are going to be in a two headed race to the NFC South Divisional Championship. Give me the Bucks over the Jags, Bill. Who you got here? I already took them. I took the Bucks. You took the Bucks as well. Mike uh, stands right. alone, taking the Jags. He thinks the Jags are going to overcome Trevor Lawrence's bumbling and stumbling and win that game. And just to be they clear, will. we all just took watch. we all took the Bengals, right? Uh, we all did take the Bengals. Yes. All right, and then y'all, we all took the Lions as well. Is that is that we accurate? All, we are no. Did you? Did we all take the Lions, Mike? Did you take the Lions? Lions over the Vikings? No, I took Minnesota. He took actually. the Vikings. He took the Vikings. What a hater, man! Just because I talk no, crap about the Cowboys, you were, yeah. Just because I talk crap about the Cowboys, you gotta you have to take a dump on the on the Lions. I'm just saying those division games are like tricky. Said the guy well, who's four back for the season. It's not going to be tricky when the Lions come to town to win the NFC South this week. So or the NFC North. I'd this wear week. it backwards too, so nobody could see that logo. <laughs> <laughs> no, not doing it. All right, last game on the slate. The Dallas Cowboys traveling to the Miami Dolphins Sunday, 425 kickoff. The Dolphins, a one and a half point favorite. This is listen, these are this, this is your guys' two teams, but I haven't made a pick first yet. So I'm gonna go ahead and make the pick first. I'm taking the Dolphins. I think the Cowboys weren't necessarily exposed last week by the Buffalo Bills, but I think there's there's a point where People people accuse Miami of not being able to beat anybody that's any good. And outside of Philadelphia, Dallas does the same thing. I mean, they lost to an Arizona team earlier this season without Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, they they weren't missing much on that on that team when Dallas lost to that Arizona Cardinals team. And now they actually get to go play a decent team at the end of the year, uh, both out of the AFC East in the Bills and Dolphins. And I think they're going to go 0-2 this weekend and lose to the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins plus one and a half. Bill, let me, let me go to you. Do your Dolphins get it done against Mike's Cowboys? Man, both these teams are actually pretty bad against good teams. The Cowboys have a one and three record against teams over 500. The Dolphins are 0 and three. This is a proven game for both teams. And I don't know. I mean, Miami is so injured. I don't know if they're going to be able to put an offensive line on the field at this point. The only starter they had left going into last week from the beginning of the season got injured in the game last week. So, uh, but yeah, I think they still cover. I think Miami wins this game. All right, Mike, what say you? Do your Cowboys get it done on the road on Christmas Eve? So I'm going to try to sway you, Ryan, to change your pick, and that's okay. Um, Banker Bill alluded to this, that they don't have an offensive line right now. I believe the injury report today came out, and the entire offensive line, the starting offensive line set out, Tyreek Hill, both Mostert and a chain. Like, I expect a lot of those guys to still be on the field this weekend. But A, how healthy are you going to be? And B, how many reps are you going to get? But these two teams, like, I think the Dolphins are a really good team. I think the Cowboys are a really good team. They just don't match up well against each other. Okay, because Dallas... They do love to take the ball away. They do love to create turnovers, and sometimes you can get Gilmore on your best receiver and lock him down. And sometimes Deron Bland is going to intercept the ball and take it back to the house and create defensive points. 
But then you also have Tyreek Hill, who's just blown by every single person. And then you have Jalen Waddle on the other side. But Dallas's main weakness is the running game, the running defense as well. Okay. Mostert and the chain are like a two headed monster that nobody talks about because the chain missed like what four or five weeks earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. I have both of them on my fantasy team. I don't usually have two running backs from the same team, but on the my fantasy team, but they're that good with each other. I'm not doing great in fantasy though, but that's beside the point. Um, but there is one thing I'm holding on to. The one thing I'm holding on to is Mike McCarthy rarely loses in Dallas after he suffered a loss. Okay. Usually what happens in Dallas is they get three, four, five wins, and then they lose. And then they come back humbled and win. Oh, you're showing our uh, fancy. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm oh, it's coming there. up, Ryan. Just making sure you can do the thing. Yeah, I, I, I was I was pretty bad on that. Yeah, no, listen, you you were talking about how bad you were in fantasy football, and I didn't want to loud you out, but I believe you were the nine <laughs> seed in the uh, in the in the consolation playoff. I wonder where I was in that one. Yeah, we'll 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 get to that here in a second. Mike, refresh my memory. You said you're taking the Cowboys to to get the win this weekend, right? I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm trusting Mike McCarthy. He's a good coach. And just like Banker Bill said, slow down. The media loves to like, as soon as a team loses Mm -hmm. a big game, they're all on them. And after hearing all that, I think Dallas wins, but it's going to be a close, tight game that honestly could go either way. Well, uh, you know, one of us could be right. I suppose. I mean, we, we all can't be perfect, right? And the Cowboys aren't going to be perfect this weekend, and you're going to be, have to be disappointed going to your your. What Christmas happens when you lose Christmas. to Nick Mullins? It will ruin my Christmas <laughs> if the Dolphins lose. It's be a second. It will ruin my. Watch. <laughs> well, I don't care about yours, Mike. Yeah, Mike. We don't, we don't, you know, <laughs> um, just wait for Mullins to beat the Detroit Lions. Oh, this will be great. That's that's not stuff. going to happen. I do. First of all, <laughs> want to thank you guys once again for holding down the fort. When uh, my McDonald's Wi-Fi decided to crap out on my computer once again in the middle of a show. Uh, so appreciate y'all holding on the fort. Mike, I'm going to give you the opportunity to shout some people out. Again, you can follow Mike on Instagram at outofpockettrsr or underscore trsr or at Drop the Mike Wrestling. You can find both of those shows wherever it is that you get your podcast. And you can go follow us on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network and listen to the Cat Cave every week. Uh, Michael and Shannon Smith actually hosted the show. Uh, this week over on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Mike, anybody you want to shout out before we say goodnight to you? Yeah, well, I would love to shout out uh, you guys, um, Banker Bill, Bully Rye, PJ Steven, um, and particularly, like, I've enjoyed this podcast. I've enjoyed this show. I've enjoyed the growth you guys have had. Like, it is, like, astonishing just how much this page has grown here in the recent few months, and super excited for you guys. And shout out to uh, PJ and Bully Rye. They helped me with a wrestling Facebook page, The Wrestling Movement, and we're in the midst of an Intercontinental Championship tournament that you can go vote on. Uh, that's partnered with the at Drop the Mic Wrestling on Instagram right there. And it's and, and I'm, I'm just glad I got to be on the show with you guys this week. Mike, it's been my pleasure. I'm sorry I didn't get to spend more time with you yeah. since my computer decided to die. But good uh, talking to you, Mike. We'll have you hey, back on, me- and um, and we'll do some more football talking. Thanks to Mike Davis uh, for being here again tonight. 
Bill, this is getting embarrassing, dude. I don't know how often I can. I don't know how much more I can. I can deal with this. How much can you take, Ryan? How much? Can I you don't take? know. Uh, so, you're well, a Lions I'm, fan. You can take plenty. But the people behind the curtains, I've been under the weather all week, um, coughing my head off for the last two months, and now my computer craps out in the middle of the Christmas football show. And uh, it, I don't know. It's it's amateur hour over here. So we're all gonna right. take our final break. We come back. We're gonna talk some fantasy football. We're gonna wrap up. Bullies, buys, and sells, and Bill's factor crap. Uh, we're going to talk uh, fantasy football, tap out some touchdowns, fantasy football league as we are in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, talk a little bit of fantasy football playoffs, and then uh, we're going to discuss a little bit of, of who were the most disappointing players in fantasy football uh, this season. So, we'll be take our, our final break and we come back. It's all fantasy football to finish the show right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9-star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. And we are back on Tap House and Touchdowns to talk fantasy football. It's your guy, Bully Rye and Banker Bill. And I think I just got a nice little fun offer in the chat. So since I my internet crapped out on me, I didn't get a chance to look at some of the comments here. Uh, IDKJP uh, over on YouTube Wants to know if any ask a fantasy football question. By all means, hopefully you're still here, uh, despite my internet connection crapping out. But as always, you can always ask questions <laughs> that we can answer on the show. Um, Volley Polly also wanted to make sure that he was glad to see Mike again. Love to watch you take charge when my internet decided to crap out. And then Bryce had a question, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll we'll yeah, get them I, back. I did. I couldn't put it on the screen, so I couldn't, you know, because nah, the, all- the guy that runs the comments was having issues. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, maybe next week I won't. I you know won't have another internet. Is Bryce, issue. Is Bryce still here? Is Bryce? I mean, we could answer his question. Bryce and JP both both are I, I believe gone because I don't see anybody still watching on YouTube. But it's oh, my man. fault. I'll just have to take it what it is. Yeah, way to go, Mike. Michael Fitzgerald said I need to put in a ticket for IT. So maybe maybe that'll help. He, um, I work with Mike. That's that's Mike. I know. That's yeah, I know exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, I'm, he's, I'm, he's making fun of us because we do IT. No, I totally get it. Um, it looks like Volleyball is offering me a throwback Barry Sanders jersey for 25 bucks, so I may have to take him up on that. All right, let's talk some fantasy football here uh, as we wind down the end of the season in fantasy football, as most most leagues are are in well enough in their playoffs at this point. Buys and sells. We had a Look at fun this domination. Season. Look at this domination. A fun season in, in, in buys and sells. Uh, Bill's factor crap outpaced my buys and sells. Uh, by about four or five games, 63 and 57 were my buys and sells. 68 and 51 were uh, Bill's factor crap. Um, we should mention that not one week did either one of us go perfect. But we both had a week where we went seven and one. But my worst week was worse than your worst week. One and seven was my worst week. Your worst week was two and six. How did you like the buys and sells in factor crap this year, Bill? I enjoyed it. It was fun. I feel bad because I feel like I'm uh, just criticizing you instead of actually coming up with important information. Uh, I just, 
it's basically me saying, no, Ryan, that's terrible. You know, that kind of thing. But it's fun. I like it. You should feel bad for criticizing me. I'm kidding. I do. Maybe we'll tweak it. We've got some time. Maybe we'll tweak it and figure something else out going uh, into next season. Uh, But, yeah, Bullies, Buys, and Sells, and and Bill's Factor Crap are in the books. Uh, A fun season trying to help you guys win your fantasy leagues, uh, which brings us to the Tap Outs and Touchdowns Fantasy League update. Last week, we saw a couple people get buys in the playoffs, and the winners of both the Baker Bill and the Bully Rye division Baker Bill wins the wins his division, and uh, he he's going to be known as that damn Ravens guy. His name is Sean Selig is your winner of the uh, Bully Rye division. Uh, you can kind of see it on the screen. It's a little it's a little blurry. The Bits Creek Bandits uh, won their playoff game against Patrick's homies, my brother in law Zach, if I'm not mistaken. Um, second in the Bully or third in the Bully Rye division uh, falls to the hands of. Uh, I just said his name, uh, the the Bent Creek Bandits, and and so now they take on you in the semifinals of the champion, you know, for the for the championship. Yep. Bill, how you feel going into this game? I'm just excited. That's my buddy Daniel, and uh, I'm just happy that we we only had two two players get out of our division because the the way that the divisions worked, even though six teams made the playoffs, it was based on record, so it could have been one person getting out of the division, right? Um, but yeah, I was happy to see that the other team in the division move forward and then one of us is going to be in the title game. So I'm looking forward to the matchup, a uh, little bit of bragging rights between the two of us, uh, you know, cause we do talk pretty often. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I feel like I've got this one, I, but he did have a really good week last week. Uh, not, like you, though, somebody... not like you though, Ryan. Not like you. Ridiculous. I was going to say, you talk about somebody who had a really good week. I had to fight and claw my way back into the playoffs at the last week of the regular mm-hmm. season. And I showed out against Volley Polly here in the in the first round. And Volley Polly wants to make sure everybody knows that he acknowledges me as his one and only well tribal done. chief. Well done. To be fair, everyone would have beaten Polly last week. I mean, 93, come on. Come on. I mean, 173 seems like a pretty high score. That's a lot. So now That's a lot, yeah. I get my good friend Sean in the semifinals of the championship rounds uh, for a chance to have a Baker Bill versus Bully uh, Rye. Would that be unreal? Championship game. I never <laughs> would have expected that in my life that we set this league up and somehow we both make the championship game. Oh, I fully expected to be in the final four, Ryan. I mean, so did I, but. No, you did. Seven and seven. No, you, you barely snuck into the playoffs, had a fantastic week. You got to do it two more I times. I have a better regular season. I expected to be 10 and four going into the playoffs. Thanks to Tim for getting you into the playoffs. Somebody had to take yes. a loss to get you into the playoffs. We Thank you, about Tim, for, for allowing me <laughs> to, to make the miraculous comeback. Or hey, it's all that matters, alive. man. You're there. You're there. It just matters if you're there. Uh, Bill, I don't know how many other leagues you're playing, but um, – how are you doing your other playoffs? I mean, in one of my leagues, I was seven and three in second place in my league, and I lose four straight. I wind up fi- finishing fifth, or not finishing fifth. I'm, I'm ranked fifth going into the last week of the regular season. I need to win and the guy in fourth place to lose, or I need to outscore the guy in fourth place by 52 points. I outscored him by 40, I think it was 48. I missed the playoffs by five, by five points scored. Mm. But if you go back, and, and I'm not going to show it on the screen, I did finish with the most points scored against me on the season, which would explain why yeah. uh, I, I, I struggled. But um, I'm out of the playoffs in that league, and that's the only other league 
that I had a shot. Bill, how are you looking at your other fantasy leagues? Uh, I had the two seeds, so I had a bye. So I play again this week uh, in the final four of that league as well. All right. Well, Bill, I guess it should come to biggest fantasy disappointments. Oh, I didn't of- want to do this today. You you hit me with this at like six o'clock. You know, like, hey, buddy, might, try this. We might be able to hold off unless when my computer crashed. Oh, no, it didn't erase my notes. You're SOL. We're going to do this anyway. I'm good. Um, I, I did mine, so we can do it quickly because we're already like up against time and whatnot. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I because I took another 10 minutes to come back to the show. Yeah. All right, Bill, uh, let's go quarterback. Who do you have as your biggest fantasy football disappointments of the year in the quarterback position? I have two. Oh, let's, let's hear them. I did two per position. Same here. All right, let's go. Okay, so my two largest uh, or I guess biggest uh, quarterback disappointments are Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. He is the 15th overall quarterback in fantasy, actually, in our in our fantasy league. Uh, and he was a, I believe in our league, was a fifth-round draft pick. Okay. Which most of the good, I want to say most of the good quarterbacks, but the ones up top went in the third round. Then you had a bunch go in the fourth round. You had Brock Purdy. Didn't get drafted at all. You picked him up off of waivers. Uh, and... You had somebody like Trevor Lawrence, who really isn't even a starter at this point. If you're 15th or, or if you're you know 13th or worse, there are 12 better quarterbacks. Those should be the quarterbacks on the teams. Uh, and then the other one is Justin Fields, 20th Ooh. overall quarterback. And he was considered a top five fantasy quarterback coming into the season. And you know injuries derailed him a little bit, but for the most part, just been super inconsistent and uh, hasn't been very good. So I think those are your two bad quarterback draft picks if you pick them on your teams. Pedro Guillen. I didn't. Uh, so, so I did this. I didn't really want to go for injuries. I didn't really want to say, like, if a guy had like a season ending injury, I felt like that was low hanging fruit. So, I wanted to talk about the guys that actually played most of the season because those are draft breakers, right? If you actually think this guy's going to be, you know, your backbone of your team and you play him and he never does do well, if he's an injury, you know, he's not going to be it. Yeah. Well, Pe- Pedro felt differently because he said Aaron Rodgers was his biggest disappointment. I'll give you my two. I've got Joe Burrow as my number one. Uh, injury obviously did play a part in it. Three games under 10 fantasy points this year, three more Bad under 20. That. Yeah. But yeah. He, he missed a bunch of time due to injury, but he shouldn't have been out there risking himself. He wasn't ready to go. He was out there playing and he wasn't playing well for a majority of the season. My other one goes to Jimmy Garoppolo. We talked about him and the Raiders. It was his worst season as a starter in the NFL. Seven touchdowns to nine interceptions on the year. Eventually benched for rookie uh, Aiden O'Connell. The Raiders have been bad. And when Jimmy G was one of the main reasons going through week eight, which is why Jimmy G and Joe Burrow, not that anybody was going to be starting Jimmy G, but I mean, he's pretty far down there from a quarterback standpoint. And, you know, you thought maybe you could use him as a flyer here and there. And it was not the case uh, for, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Pedro said he ended up with Purdy somehow. Can't complain. Same, same. Everybody was afraid of his arm going into the draft. Yep. But I was not. He also said that Burrow was his second quarterback draft pick so uh there you go all right bill let's go to running back i'll start us off here my first running back goes to alexander madison he's currently 34th in running back scoring this season but was given the keys to the kingdom in minnesota after they let go of dalvin cook in the offseason and alexander madison never broke 20 points in a single game and in seven games he finished with under 10 only three touchdowns all year they all were receiving touchdowns for alexander madison of the minnesota vikings and my other one goes to running back Aaron Jones. Missed a ton of time to do. I know you said it was low-hanging fruit. Missed a ton of time to do the injury this year. But in the games that he played, he only scored in the double digits three times. 
his best game of the season coming in week one with a 26.7 point outing with no Aaron Rodgers. I thought this would have been Jones's time to break out. Everybody's been screaming for years to free Aaron Jones. And all he did was disappoint anybody who drafted him this season, yeah. uh, which is why Alexander Madison and Aaron Jones are my running back disappointments. Bill, what say you? I like those. Those are good. I think well, I didn't, I didn't put this as one of mine, but I, I thought like Austin Eckler, like that was, I mean, he's a, he's a one of the top two that you usually drive was either Eckler or CMC. And and Eckler had a terrible season, but injuries obviously. I didn't want to go with him. Mine that never got injured, Dalvin Cook. You mentioned him. People talked about him his as RB two uh, with a RB one upside and and a flex at minimum. He was being drafted in the top fifteen rounds at most in most drafts. He's the sixty sixth overall running back in football fantasy wise. He's yeah. only put up I think forty point two points all season long. Terrible, terrible, terrible. The Jets didn't use him. Brees Hall having a good season. Uh, the other one that I wanted to say, and I, kind of a disappointment because of where his draft stock was during the draft, it's actually B. John Robinson. Everybody Ooh. said he was the – I saw a lot of people saying he's the third best running back in the draft. Atlanta's going to have to run. They're going to run. They're going to run because Desmond Ritter's not a good quarterback. He's going to have huge upside. He's the 13th best overall running back in, in, in the league. So he's an RB2, and that's not what you're looking for if you're drafting him in the top you know, the top of your draft. Uh, so I put B. John Robinson as my other – disappointment if you're looking you were looking for more out of him if you drafted him early i'm with you all right let's go over to wide receiver bill you got two wide receivers let's hear them all right i said i didn't want to do injuries but here i did because these guys were team breakers team breakers all right number one justin jefferson has to be has to be he was blowing the doors off of it when he started the season gets hurt with the hamstring injury misses a million weeks in a row i drafted him right ryan the league that we're in together I drafted Justin Jefferson, number one. I still got the one seed. Figure that out. I have no idea how that happened. Anyway, so he's the 44th overall wide receiver. That's terrible for the guy that went number one in most drafts on on ESPN Fantasy. The other guy, Mike Williams, San Diego Chargers. He got drafted as a fifth-round draft pick in our league. He's the 101st overall overall wide receiver. He only played three games. That's a game. That's a team-breaker. Mike Williams, I think he's dealt with injuries his entire career. He actually broke his neck at Clemson running into a goalpost. Uh, and um, he's he's dealt with different injuries throughout his career. So I'm right there with you with Mike Williams. Let me give you mine. That doesn't have to do with injury, uh, but let's 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 just hear him. Calvin Ridley. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence uh, earlier in the show. Calvin Ridley ranks 29th amongst wide receivers uh, in scoring. But he's been the poster child for inconsistency. Mm-hmm. He could only perform when, Jay, when Zay Jones was on the field with him. Uh, he followed up all but one 20-point fantasy performance with a single-digit game the next week. Only broke 20 points four times all season in his first year back from his gambling suspension with his new team. So Calvin Ridley, a big disappointment. And he's on that team in our league that we're in the playoffs with right now. And I believe I've got him benched this week. Uh, my next one might be a surprise uh, because he's got a teammate who broke another thousand yards. I believe he's got 14 straight or something, thousand yard wide receiver or receiving seasons in the NFL. But my other wide receiver, absolutely. Chris Godwin. That's it. All right. With the way Baker Mayfield has played in Tampa this year, you would have thought that Godwin would have had a stellar season. He had just two games over a hundred yards receiving all year. And his best fantasy output of the season came in week 15 when he put up 25 points against the Packers. But by then, it was probably way too late for anyone to have been able to take advantage. 
or for, for anyone to have felt comfortable even starting him, which is why Chris Godwin is my other wide receiver disappointment. And let's go ahead and go into tight ends, and I'll start us off here because I'm going to make you really happy with one, uh, and, and you're probably going to laugh at the other. So let's start off with the one that you're probably going to laugh at. Tight end Darren Waller of the New York Giants. I have Wait, him too, Ryan. Do you? Well, let's let's hear yes. what you have to say about Darren Waller. Well, he was the twenty. He's the twenty third overall tight end in fantasy, and yep. in our league, he was drafted in the fourth round. There was a lot of expectations around Darren Waller, especially with the way that the the offense was shaping up there in New York. A lot of people thought Waller was going to have a breakout season, and he's kind of been junk. Really hasn't done much at all. He has battled a hamstring all season. He only broke double digit fantasy points three times on the year. They finally decided to put him on IR to try to heal up. Uh, you mentioned high expectations after being traded from Vegas in the offseason, uh, but he fell flat when in, in crunch time uh, for both Daniel Jones and or Tyrod Taylor when they were back there at quarterback. This one's the one that you're probably going to have, a, have a, a field day with. My other tight end disappointment, can you, can you take a guess on who it might be? No. You have to give me a clue. I, I, just... I was very high on this guy at the beginning of the year. Oh, Hayden Hurst. <laughs> Hayden Hurst of the Carolina Panthers. My biggest whiff in the offseason. Oh. I said Hayden Hurst will finish the year, uh, finish the year with a thousand plus receiving yards or a hundred upwards of a hundred receptions, but he will now finish the year. 41st or worst as I fight a cough. Bill, who's your Titan that you're disappointed in? You're gonna go crazy about this one. As Ryan tries not to die in the background. All right, Ryan, you ready for this one? This is a good surprise. Everybody, everybody, get ready to pick your job up, up off the floor. My other disappointing tight end is none other than Travis Kelsey. Second really? overall tight end. Second overall tight end. That's very fantastic. But he was drafted in the first round by most people that drafted him. We talked about it in the beginning of the season. If Travis Kelsey is available in the bottom of the first round, you have to pick him because he separates himself so much from everybody else in that in that uh, that position did not do that this year that he's actually being beat by TJ Hawkinson who was picked right around like the eighth round which is about where tight ends start to go off the board that's why uh, and so if you wasted a first pick a first round pick on Travis Kelsey you probably still were able to you know have a decent team but I think you probably were didn't get what you thought you were going to get out of Travis Kelsey this year well I'm right there with you and now that I've got my uh my composure back let me finish my thought about Hayden Hurst He's going to finish the year 41st or worst uh, in tight end scoring after being placed on IR due to his concussion back in week 10. Before then, calling the Panthers offense anemic would have been a compliment, but I predicted, again, Hayden Hurst would have a really big season. The concussion uh, lingered, and it's kind of scary to know that it sent him to the IR. Uh, but as everybody who's been watching this show since the beginning of the football season knows, I had extremely high hopes for Hayden Hurst. And my homering no. got the better of me. No. My homerism got the better about? of me. Uh, so Hayden Hurst. I'm with you on Travis Kelsey, though. I mean, there were weeks where he had duds, and we don't normally see that out of, out of Travis Kelsey. He didn't yeah. play week one when the Lions beat the Chiefs. So, um, so yeah, and he seems to play better outside of last week whenever his girlfriend is in the crowd. Um, mm. Not sure what her name is, but they, every now and then they'll throw her on the camera. Uh, yeah. It seems, seems to put I'm a lot of fans – in a uh, in a frenzy, whenever they they show his girlfriend on the show, Bill, begrudgingly, we have made it to the end of the show. As I fight back a cough again, Homer's corner. Talk about Tua. 
Tua Tungavailoa is your MVP this season. I'm convinced people are going to say that it's Lamar Jackson. I don't believe that anymore. We saw Tua without Tyreek Hill this week, and everybody's been saying, well, Tua's great because of Tyreek. Tua's great because of Tyreek. Tyreek. Well, you've seen Tua without Tyreek, and he just happened to put up a 119.2 passer rating against the second-best passing defense in the NFL this past week. He completed over – Ryan's giving me music in the background. He completed over – you're right, man. You're right. He's dying. Look at that. Look at, don't watch it on live. He completed over 87% of his passes. And, well, this has kind of gone on all season, folks. Tua Tagovailoa has played almost full, five full complete games without Tyreek Hill on the on the field. And the statistics show, as we lose Ryan, poor Ryan, just not feeling good. Uh, the statistics show, you're, you're muted still, don't worry. The statistics show that when Tyreek is off the field, the Dolphins get a little bit less explosive, but Tua Tagovailoa actually gets more efficient. He has 101 pass, 101.3 pass rating with Tua Tungavailoa, or I'm sorry, with Tyreek Hill on the field, and a 116.3 passer rating with Tyreek Hill off of the field. If you think Tyreek, if you think Tyreek was the MVP, I think you're wrong. I think Tua Tungavailoa is showing that if they took Tyreek away from him, he'd be even better. That's impressive. Tua, for I'm him. loving it. Listen, I'm right there with you. Um, my my homer corner has nothing to do with with football or anything else, and it kind of has something to do with myself. It's not what everybody to have a happy holiday, a merry Christmas, and to stay oh, healthy. So nice. Exactly, exactly what I'm trying to do is my 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 my, my screen has come on and off over the last couple of minutes as I've I've been fighting legitimately a head cold that I continue to fight. So, oh, Bill, you're, me, you're gonna make me cry, okay. right? It sounds so terrible. As he coughs. Anyway, I think what Ryan's trying to say is everybody have a fantastic holiday. Have a Merry Christmas. I think we can say that on here because that's what we celebrate. But uh, obviously, Ryan has a beautiful sweater on. The Christmas is, I have no idea what the bottom says. It's uh, Christmas is canceled. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> as yeah. he's talking about, have a great Christmas. But no, yeah. thanks everybody for joining us. It's been a fantastic year. We'll be back next week. Uh, everybody have a Merry Christmas. Ryan, are you okay? Are you going to be able to finish it out? Yeah, I'll be able to finish it out. I appreciate everybody for putting up with, with what I had to deal with tonight. It has been one of my most difficult shows, but we have made it to the oh end. Oh, my goodness. Look at, look at my family's coming in here at the end just to give me the business. Yeah, everybody's everybody's giving it to you, to me. Uh, I appreciate everybody who is involved on in this show. Thanks for Michael and, and for you, Bill, holding it down while my Amen. computer crashed yet again. Thanks to everybody who was a part of the conversation. Remember, the next time you watch the show, if you have questions, leave them in the chat, and we'll read them on the air, and we'll answer those questions, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or otherwise. Thanks, everybody, for being a part of the show, watching the show, and I hope everybody, as Bill alluded to, has a great holiday, a great break if you get any time off from work, uh, and, and a great Christmas, and we will be back next week with more football talk as we're going to be in fantasy football championship mode uh, coming into next week. So for Baker Bill, for Michael Davis, it's your guy, Bully Ryan. We'll see you next week right here on Tap House and Touchdowns.